Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles. We're your hosts. I'm Donnie. Chris. I'm Bill. All right, guys. In this episode, we are going to discuss the disappearance of Aisha Degree. Aisha was born on August 5th, 1990 to parents Harold and Aquila Degree. But to give a little background, Chris, at the time when Aisha disappeared, he wasn't living around here. So this is pretty much new material to him and he may have some questions about this case that a lot of people you know that followed it from the beginning may not have so it might be pretty good and Bill's pretty familiar with the case too all right guys every year there are approximately 800,000 children that go missing this hit pretty close to home just this past weekend because there was a little boy missing here in Cleveland County for a few hours but he was found later that evening by his brother. He was wrapped up in a front porch rug asleep under a tree. And then last week, there was a little boy, three years old, that went missing in Craven County. He spent 48 hours away from home, out in the, actually out in the woods. It was, the temperatures got down in the teens that night, pouring rain and survived. No hypothermia or anything. And they asked him when they found him, you know, how did you survive? What happened? He said, a bear took care of him. So there, there are some really conflicting theories going on out there about him. Some people are even saying that a Bigfoot may have taken care of him. And hey, who knows, Bill? Chris, we may do a Bigfoot episode. Sounds good to me. <laughs> but, but the, yeah, or even Nobby. All right, let's get into this case of Asia Degree. She went missing in the early morning hours uh, Valentine's Day, February the 14th, 2000. Asia was, uh, according to all records and interviews that I've seen, was a pretty sheltered child, her and her brother. She had an older brother, O'Brien. But on Sunday, February the 13th, the children went to church, and then when after church, they went to a relative's house for lunch and then went home. Later that afternoon, Harold, her father, went to a second, second shift job and then later that evening, there was a bad storm that night. Yeah, it rained hard that day. Yeah. That night. There was also that night, there was a power outage at the home due to a car wreck because of the storm. So the family had to, I guess, alter from their routine. Usually about around 8 o'clock, their mother always give them a bath and put them to bed. But since the power was out, they went to bed that night without a bath. But her plans was to get them up the next morning early so she could uh, draw their bath and get them ready for school the next day. Well, Harold, their father, came home that night around midnight, 12, 12.30. And when he got home, he checked on the kids. They were both asleep in their bed. And then I guess, you know, him coming in from work, you know, like he just don't go straight to bed. He'll sit up and watch TV and chill out for a little bit. Well, he went to bed around 2.30 that night and checked on the kids again and they were everybody was still asleep in their bed well there's some conflicting reports on this about when a, their mother Aquila woke up some places say that she got up around 5 to 5:45 she even gave an interview with Jet magazine that she got up around 5:45 that morning but when she got up to call the kids for for their bath Aisha wasn't to be found. She was not in her bed anywhere. Her brother 
even stated that he had heard her moving around in the middle of the night, heard her bed squeaking, and he thought that she was just, you know, adjusting herself, turning over or something, and didn't really look, because, you know, I mean, who does that stuff? Well, when she got up, or their mother got up, she wasn't in her bed. She called their aunt that they went to had lunch with the previous day, called their house, and she she wasn't there. She even called... They live close, don't they? Yeah, they all the family <clears throat> lived right there on this street, pretty close together. So as they called across the street to Harold's mother, if they had seen uh, Aisha, nobody had seen her there either. So that's when the police got involved. The search started around 6.40 a.m. The first police officer arrived on the scene. They had police dogs, but none of the dogs could pick up her scent. But I, everything I've read that... When you got rain, they think that the scent will wash the rain. The, the rain, the rain <laughs> yeah, the the rain will wash <clears throat> the scent away. But actually, it brings the scent out. Huh? I didn't know that. Yeah, that's what everything I've read. And but the cold will make the scent drop, yeah. but warm will bring the scent up. But even whether you got cold or warm weather, if you got rain, it's going to bring the scent up. Hmm. They say it'll. It brings it out. Okay, I'll hand interrupt here. I got a couple questions for you. Um, having done this myself when I was a kid, uh, I guess my first question would probably be, were there any reports of uh, Aisha ever being a sleepwalker? I know whenever I did it, uh, it wasn't crazy for me to actually, you know, walk out of the house. But you know, my parents would always hear me. You know, we just lived in a single wide trailer, so anytime a door would open, of course they were going to hear it. So, was there any reports of anything like that going on? Yeah, actually, there are some uh, theories out there. I don't know if it's an re official report, but there are some theories of her being a sleepwalker. I don't think they, the family ever said that she was walked in her sleep, but I know the clothes that she had on that was described her wearing when she disappeared wasn't her normal pajamas. I know that because... Did you ever get up in the middle of the night and change your clothes and as a sleepwalker or anything? I don't recall changing my clothes. Um, I just re would remember, of course, you know, when you sleepwalk, you don't remember anything. But I just remember being woke up. One time I was up beside a creek um, down below the house. I mean, it wasn't too far of a walk, but it was far enough where you would be like, you know, days when you get woke up. Um, but I, I guess that would kind of lead to my second question. What, what kind of house did they live in? They lived in a, a ranch-style house. It's, brick house. it's just a brick ranch-style house. It wasn't a very big house, I don't think. But uh, it was a brick home in a fairly close neighborhood. The houses were close together. So, but it was, it was a populated little community. It's not like houses were strung out half a mile or a mile apart. It was pretty tight-knit area. Not I mean, to hear somebody open a door. And close it. I mean, open the door one thing. Okay, close it. And the door was locked. All reports say that the door was locked when she left. But when they woke up next morning, was the door locked? Yes. When our mother got up, the door was locked. Well, as we'll get into later, I mean, it, it appears that she left on her own. Yeah. So what if, if you're leaving on your own and you're only, I mean, even if you're seven or eight years old, <clears throat> and you're going to try to make as little noise as you can. So that would, that would, that would... That would kind of rule out the sleepwalking deal. 
What, was this before cell phones? This was in 2000. I think cell phones were out then, Just, but they like, were very the short, of, were, but, but crude. I mean, they were... Yeah, you know, there wasn't any smartphones. No. Probably the box style Nokia phones yeah. and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, I, and most, I'm going to say most kids at that time didn't have a cell phone either. Probably no. One, huh. one member of the family had a cell phone at that time. Did her mom have one, you know? I dad. do not know. I know they did not have any internet at all. Well, I mean, you hear about kidnappings or something like that whenever... You know, somebody's texting somebody, or a ch- child's texting somebody, and you know, in the middle of the night, somebody will come after them, pick them up, yeah, whatever. From everything I've read in interviews, Aisha and her brother were very sheltered children. I mean, their lives centered around family, church, and friends, and that was it. They did not have, like I say, they didn't have internet at home. They barely let the kids watch TV. And they played sports, and that was pretty much it. Their their church life was pretty much the center of their life. They were very sheltered. Well, and getting back to the internet, I can just think about it. I remember when I got when I finally got internet. It had to be around two thousand two thousand one because I can remember getting Windows ninety eight and going, "Well, I don't want something that's two three years old." So mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you know, that's another talk for another day, but. And more likely it'd been dial up back then too, right? Oh yeah, yeah, it was dial up. So Yeah, I don't I don't know how much internet plays a part in this. Yeah, I don't I don't think it pay, plays any part in it myself. So like I said guys, Aisha disappeared in the early morning hours of February the fourteenth, two thousand. And when she left home, it appears that she their home was just right off of Highway eighteen between Faulston and Shelby. And she was spotted on Highway 18 by a couple of motorists going, actually walking towards Shelby. One motorist even turned around a couple times just to see if he, that was what he saw, a child walking down the highway. And when he came back around the last time, he actually stopped and rolled his window down and, and confronted her, asking her if she needed help. But I, I think it spooked her from all accounts it it spooked her and she darted off into the woods and we're talking, not talking about like a heavy wooded area it was just you know some sparse trees here and there and when she took off toward the woods he just went on his way and then another motorist I think it was a, a Sundrop truck driver spotted her after that And but for several weeks the police combed that area they actually stopped traffic for several weeks after that for during a time period and asking motorists if they had saw anything of her. Then later, it was a couple days later, that I think it was February the 15th, candy wrappers were found in a shed behind Turner Upholstery. I think it was uh, candy wrappers, uh, a pencil, a marker, and even a Mickey Mouse hair bow that was hers. And that those items were confirmed hers, even the candy wrappers uh, students at Falston Elementary School confirmed that those were the same type of candy that were given out as Valentine treats to the rest of the class. So uh, those were confirmed as her items. On February the 16th, Aisha's mother Aquila realized that Aisha, Aisha's bedroom was missing her favorite clothing, such as a pair of blue jeans with a red stripe. A week later, over 9,000 man hours had been invested in the search 
It was like a three-mile radius from where she was last seen. Flyers were posted all over the area. Leads came in from everywhere. So after her articles were found in that shed behind Turner's upholstery, the case went cold. There was nothing else found about Asia Degree until August the 3rd, 2001, when a contractor was clearing some land between Falston and Morgan, about 26 miles away from where Asia disappeared. Her book bag and some other items were unearthed. So what's weird about this, her book bag, when it was found, the contractor that found it, opened it up and really didn't think much about it. It was double bagged inside two trash bags. And inside of it was a piece of paper with her name on it and a phone number. Now, since then, there've been many theories and I don't know, rumors about things that were in the book bag, but officially no one has ever said, or the FBI or the authorities have never said what was actually inside the bag. Some theories say that uh, it was her clothing, family photos, but no one ever really knows. And the guy that found it actually didn't think much about it. He uh, put the book bag aside, and then the next day he was eating breakfast with his wife, and she he mentioned it to her, and she was pretty familiar with the case. And they called the authorities right then and turned it over to the, to the police. And in 2004, acting on a temp reportedly received from an inmate in a county jail, the sheriff's office began digging in an intersection of Lawndale. Uh, bones were found, but it turned up to be an animal. So you, as you can see, guys, they've, they've had several tips over the years, but nothing has really panned out. The family have taken several steps to keep Asia's story alive. They've even been on the Montel Williams show. Yeah, they got a big billboard up on Highway 18 South where she disappeared. They've been on Oprah Winfrey. And like I said before, Aquila, Asia's mother, even gave an interview for Jet Magazine. And in February 2015, the FBI, FBI announces that they were re-examining this case and re-interviewing witnesses. They also announced that they upped the reward of $25,000 for information leading to arrest and conviction of a person or persons responsible for her disappearance. A community group is also offering $20,000 reward, which upped the total amount for her reward of $45,000. 15 months later, in May of 2016, their reinvestigation had turned up a possible new lead. They disclosed that Asia may have been seen getting into a dark green, early 70s, Lincoln Continental Mark IV, or possibly a Ford Thunderbird from the same era. Now, those, two car, those two automobiles look similar. I think, uh, I think the Ford Thunderbird has a, a wheel well on the back for the spare tire. Is that right, Bill? Uh, the Lincoln would. Oh, the Lincoln? Okay. Well, I, I think I read that somewhere. They, they look similar as far as size, but they're just a little <clears> bit different. And so... And also describing having some rust around its wheels, but nothing has ever panned out around that. They've even uh, investigated of who may have owned a, those two types of vehicles from that time period, but they can't find anything on it. Maybe the car was destroyed or sold or something happened to it. Okay, and as of last year in October 2018, the Cleveland County Sheriff's Office 
appeal for information from the public about two items of interest. The first item is a children's book called McGilligott's Pool. I hope I'm saying that. I hope I'm not butchering that at all. Uh, it's a book written by Dr. Seuss, which was borrowed from the Foston Middle School Library in the early 2000s, and also a New Kids on the Block concert t-shirt. An investigator said these items are criminal, or critical criminal, critical to solving the case. All right, guys, I've hit a lot of high points in this disappearance of Asia degree. And Chris, I know you're busting the seams with a lot of questions. You've been writing stuff down left and right. What, what do you have on your mind, dude? All right, well, I'll start off with, uh, yeah, I do have a couple questions here. Uh, first of all, uh, what are the other reports as far as what time the mom woke up? It's conflicting. It's about like, a, I think, a 30 to 45-minute window. Um, and these are reports she's given? These are reports she has given. Anywhere from uh, one saying that she woke up at 5.45 to get the kids ready for school. And then uh, I think Jet Magazine reported her saying something different. So, I mean, you know, when you get up and you don't think about stuff like that, you know, I mean, not everybody's going to think up thinking they're going to have a kid missing in the morning. So I can, I can see where that could be. Yeah, that's the last thing you're going to worry about at that time. Uh, in my case, I mean, you know, I get up basically the same time every morning I'm going to work, but, you know, sometimes I get up at 5.15, sometimes I wait and get up at 5.35, you know. So. But you got to remember, this this next morning wasn't normal for them. There was a storm the night before. Yeah. They had no power. So the kids went to bed without their normal bath at night. They were going to have to get up the next morning and take their bath before they went to school. So things were... To, to, totally different for them. I mean, it was a. I mean, I can see that because the power's been out at my house before, and I mean, you just have to change the way you're doing things. You don't remember. Okay, I can understand that, but why put a time on it if you don't know what time it was? Well, I mean, well, I'm sure it's, it's a guesstimation. Yeah, I mean, but do a range. Like it could be. If I say Bill, what time I wake up for work? You just said you could. You wake up a couple different times. It depends on which morning it is. Why not just say well. 5.15 to 5.45, somewhere in that time range. I, okay, not to be argumentative, but to focus in on a 15 to 20 minute window when your life is, you don't know where your life is right now. You forget everything. You forget what you, you know, you had plans. You don't have plans anymore. You've got one singular goal in mind, find my child. To me, 15 to 20 minute time frame that she might have said something and then, then, Got the thing later. When a policeman takes your statement, he takes it as, as you know, gospel truth. <clears throat> but as you're thinking, and the next person asks you, says, "Oh wait, it was it was actually more close to this." I was thinking we got up saying, "You know," so to me, this case wouldn't be is to me it's not hinging on twenty to thirty minute discrepancy in when she said she got up. Okay, well I understand that. <clears throat> well, the reason why I ask is because. Um, Usually, something like this happens. Usually, it, it's the same story, no well, matter what time period it is. It. Usually, this never happens. It's never happened to me. Okay. Mm. No, no, I'm saying usually whenever there's a disappearance, <clears throat> usually when witnesses are asked something, the stories stay the same. Or no, I've, I've seen it no. change several yeah. times. And you got to remember, this morning, I mean, their life, 
I can't even imagine what was going through their minds a child missing. Their life was in total chaos. Think of it this way. Tearing up the phone. I give you three colors or three numbers, and I say, remember these three numbers. And then I turn around and smack you in the face, hit you square in the nose. You you just forgot the numbers, the colors, anything. That is what happened to this woman. I understand. I'm I'm not talking about right at that moment. I'm talking about years after if she was asked... Why would the story change? Or what? if she if she went from saying oh, this time I woke up here, and then and, and yeah I can understand going from you know the first probably year she's probably still dazed from it. But if if it's been years since, and she changes her story, or she goes back to original after after already changing it before, why why change it? There there are things that happened to me before, and I. I've told it the same way, and then my wife said, "No, we really weren't there at that time. It, you remember we had to do this first. And I, oh, okay, yeah. To me, I don't think the case hinges on it. Here's stuff that the 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 thing that that kind of intrigues me, and not to change the subject totally. I mean, we're still on the same subject, but the guy finding the book bag. Who in this area does not know the name Asia Degree? You this was in a whole different county now. Yeah, know, it was 26 miles away. Uh, it was a different county. Yeah. He still would have heard about it, though. I, it yeah. was all over the... I, I don't remember you a lot did. from it, but I remember hearing it on the news. But and I remember when they found a book bag. You find a book bag that seems like it was double-wrapped to prevent something. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell somebody. That's me. And then he, then he casually told his wife the next day, I'm not saying he's in it, but I'm just saying, who... Do, who I, who does that, man? I mean, you know, if you're going to get rid of a book bag, you'd either burn it or yeah. throw it off a cliff somewhere where it won't be found instead of double bagging it. Somebody in Yugoslavia, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but instead of double bagging it and burying it. And, and other things, I mean, and, and I, here's something else, too. Like I say, you split hairs on certain points all day long, and it's got to, you know, if there was a discrepancy about where somebody was or something, I can understand the time frame, but like, who saw her get in that car that they're talking about? And I know they ain't going to tell us everything, but to me, whoever said, oh, I saw her getting this link into this Thunderbird. There's a lot of information on this case that the sheriff's department aren't releasing. And I There's a lot. Yeah, I know. And they won't tell you why they're looking for this particular book from the the. Boston School or this New Kids on the Block t-shirt. They're not telling anybody why they're looking for it. There's something about this case that they're they're very interested in. What about the, guy, what about the person that said they saw her running through the woods after they tried to talk to her? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, they were, I guess they were forthcoming. I mean, you know, they they interviewed. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and they were cleared. I mean, nothing yeah. ever happened from it. But he said he... But, she, yeah, go ahead. She was frightened and <clears throat> and... Yeah. Darted off into the woods. Which tells me she didn't want to go back home. Mm, well, no, it tells me that he's a, whoever that person was, was a stranger. And, no, I mean, and she might have not talked to I mean, she might have been scared. Like you said, she might have been sleepwalking and, and she might woke, up woke up and was totally away from where she was supposed to be uh, at. Okay, and, well, so if she was sleepwalking, then yeah, you ain't supposed to wake up somebody sleepwalking because it makes him. Um, I don't know, I guess, freak out. Um, I, I never had to do that. I, I never really 
I don't remember ever getting woke up and freaking out or anything like that. It seemed like I would always kind of wake, wake myself up somehow. But um, whenever you do sleepwalk, I do know that some people do kind of freak out and are confused and that type of type of deal. But I don't think she would run towards the woods if she was sleepwalking and got woke up. Well, she's probably scared of this guy but, stopping out yeah. on the highway. Yeah, but it's raining. I mean, you think that the rain being out in the, the elements would probably scare it before that would. But if she was sleepwalking, you wake up, first thing you do is see some stranger you don't know. I would hope my kids would run away from the stranger. I mean, not in that situation. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was reported too that she was scared of dogs and the dark, too. So I mean, she was probably scared of this guy stopping on the side of the road. Say, hey, you want a ride, or can I help you, or something? <clears throat> I mean, something took her out there. So if if she wasn't sleepwalking. Then, if she was scared of the dark, if she was scared of the dark, she was, she wanted to get out of the house so bad that she would go take a walk through the dark in the pouring rain and through a storm, which also would make me wonder, um, you know, how, how home life was for her to want to get away that bad. Not pointing fingers, not accusing anybody of anything. I know, I know nothing about this. I am just asking questions. I watch some documentaries on Netflix all the time and I know there's always there's a reason for everything and, and that's in life there's a reason for everything that happens everything happens for a reason so you know if God forbid there was anything going on at home that made her want to get out that bad where she would go against her fears just to get away I mean it, it makes sense to me than, than this more so than the sleepwalking. Unless somebody she knew very personally promised her something and lured her away from home. But she's in a, they're in a tight knit um, upbringing, like you said earlier. So it had to have been, in my in my opinion, in my opinion. First of all, if my kid wakes up in the middle of the night, I'm gonna hear it because, like I said, I know I'm I'm a lot sleeper anyway. But even if I'm not, I'm gonna hear a door open. I'm not. I'm never far away from my kid where I don't hear a door open. Yeah. Or or shut. Um, so even if it was early in the morning, even if you know I was you know dead dog tired, I'm still gonna wake up. But um, you're putting a lot of stuff. I don't. I, kids can be sneaky if they have to. Yeah, but why, why would she want to be that sneaky, man? I'm, I'm just saying, like say Donnie said, you know, even even in tight groups, you can have people that have bad motives. And I'm not saying that's what this is. I mean, you know, but, and there again, you know, this is on totally a different topic, and I'm not even bringing it up, but, you know, I want to be a superhero until I was probably 10 years old, 12 years old. If this kid's 7, 8 years old, they can be told and made to believe anything. And it may... It may not even be a close relative or a close friend, but it could be an acquaintance. And they just, you know, they're, they're, they're like, that's why this has gone on for 19 years. 19 years 19 this year. Years. This is why this is going on. There are so many questions. I think if there was any validity to that form of questioning, it would have been brought, it would have, mm-hmm. if that's the situation, then. It's going to come out. It's not going to take 19 plus years to come out. Things of that nature come out quick. Somebody somebody caves. Somebody says, I'm not protecting anybody. 
So I just think you're going down a dead end road in that thinking. Now, not well, not totally. I mean, she could have an acquaintance or somebody or even a friend that says, "Hey, meet me at so and so." Man, you wouldn't believe. Just a day, Parker come to meet my son. Well, he told us, he said, I don't have to go to school tomorrow. We said, well, you going to school? He goes, no, no, it's President's Day. All my friends told me it was. He's 17 years old. He was prepared to stay out of school tomorrow. And we had to show him on the, no, son, it's not. So a seven and eight-year-old, if a 17-year-old can be easily duped or swayed, a seven and eight-year-old is putty. They are, they are putty in your hands. And, uh, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm not saying that's what it is, but I'm just saying that that's getting back. That's why we're 19 years going, where's Asa degree? My my thing, and it's been that way through, Asa is, you say she's born in August. My yeah. oldest son was born in October that same year. <clears throat> the year he played ball, the first year he played ball was the same team that she had been on the year before. They wore her number on their jerseys in you know, support mm-hmm. to keep looking to keep it in in the public eye, and um, <clears throat> so we he may have seen her in class or at school, but they went to the same school. But uh, my takeaway, my my thing, where I get my feeling is is, and I have full and total sympathy for the parents and the family. This girl's gonna be she's twenty six years old. If she, this girl is. The age range of 26 years old. And I would hate to not know where my son has been from the age of seven or eight till now. That, that That's where it kills me at. And I just, I can't that's imagine. That's the worst nightmare, no yeah. doubt about it. And, 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 and there's no closure one way or the other. That's even worse. I personally don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it every day. I just, it, you know. Like I said before, I mean, they have a very strong church family too that's what it takes it's got to be yeah from everything i've read and researched on their their family and church is very very tight so the only thing the only thing i'm thinking is somebody lured her promising her something out of that house i mean okay i have two daughters as well i can understand that you know things happen and you can't control it and it's just going to happen, and the cards are going to fall the way they're going to fall. And sometimes it, it ain't in our favor. And I can only imagine what they're going through because I, w- I wouldn't be able to sleep at night um, if something happened to my kids. And I, and I think as a guy who watches you know documentaries all the time, and every case is different, I know this. Every situation is different, I know this. But somebody knows something. And I feel like, didn't you say earlier that her her parents never were, um, they never considered them ever a suspect? No. Isn't family, ain't parents always suspects when, whenever a kid disappears? I'm, uh, I'm not a policeman or a authority on that subject, but I mean, to me, if I was in a, a policeman situation, I would... You know, anybody, everybody close knit like that, I would be under suspicion first. A little more background on her. At the time Asia disappeared, they were reading a book in her class, 
called The Whipping Boy. And it's a book about a, a little boy who runs away from home and goes on these crazy adventures. And a lot of people speculate that she played into that book and she wanted to live that life. Yeah, and me having said what I said just a little while ago about seven, eight-year-olds and nine, ten-year-olds are impressionable kids. I mean, they're putty in your hands. And I, I did not know that till you brought that up just now. And that's mm-hmm. a, that, that changes, not changes me, but it adds to my theories and my, my what happens, what ifs, what happened. And I know the, the Saturday, also the Saturday before she disappeared, they uh, had a basketball game. And Aisha was the point guard on that team. And her team lost. She fouled out. I mean, she was like the star player of the team. She fouled out. And she blamed herself for the team losing that day and was very, very upset from everything I've read. But later that afternoon, they, the family stayed for O'Brien's game when he played. And they said by the end of his game, she was coming around, you know, being her normal self again, laughing with her friends and joking and stuff. But she was – obviously traumatized by losing that game too so you know there are theories that you know maybe she left walked away because of that or she may walked away because of that book they were reading i mean we know that she left the house on her own will she left the doors locked so it was locked she locked it behind her when she, she locked left. it behind her so she obviously wanted to be quiet she obviously wanted to get out bad enough to walk through the elements you know it raining it's no coat no coat and it being dark um, she wanted to get away enough to when she saw somebody, she ran through the woods rather than trying to run back home. You said they found a, the candy wrappers and what else was found in the shed? A pencil, marker, and uh, a Mickey Mouse hair bow. So she made a pit stop there, obviously. Uh, so she knew that her surroundings good enough. And I guess that's right by the school, ain't it? What's that now? That in the shed? No, that's... It was up towards Shelby. Towards Shelby. Okay. Well... She, she probably knew the area enough to where she knew where she was going to stop at. To, yeah, because her, her school bus traveled this road every day, so she was familiar with this, this area. And I mean, I can, I can only go about what you tell me. I mean, I'm not an expert here. I, all I have is theoretical questions here. That, that's it. You know, I'm, I'm not no genius or expert or anything like that, so I'm not trying Lord to come off that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, going by what you tell me, it sounds more more like to me that she wanted to get away. Now, why she wanted to get away is a whole different topic. I, I would hope that you know there, there was nothing going on to where she was just unhappy at home. That that book, man, I, that's blowing my mind because, like I say, it's the first I've heard of that. And, 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 mm-hmm. and I don't know, I don't know anything about that book, but I'm, you said the kid didn't want to. He wanted to run away. It's a story about a, a boy who uh, runs away from home and goes on some crazy. Fun adventures. Why did he run away? Did it say in the book? I, I haven't read the book. I just know what the book is about, the title of the book, and what it's about. And her class was reading this book at the time she disappeared. Let's just finalize this thing up by getting our own thoughts and opinions on this and what we think may have happened to H Degree. Personally, I think there's a couple theories that I lean toward. The first one is uh, the sleepwalking theory where she left in the middle of the night and was possibly hit by a motorist and whoever hit her took her body and disposed of it and just just got rid of it and hopefully you know, everything would be forgotten. That's one of my theories. And another 
theory is, like I said, this family was tight-knit. Everybody was close. They was, their, their motto was church, family, and friends. And to me, somebody lured her out of that house. Somebody promised her something to get her out of the house, to keep quiet. I don't know. I don't know what it could be, but that's just my theory on it because most child abductions or disappearance, somebody knows that kid. It's not a random act. I mean, like I say, she disappeared on Highway 18 and that early morning hours, I know it's a busy highway, but that early in the morning, there's not that much traffic. So a random stranger who's out looking for a child to abduct, I would say is probably less likely to be on that highway and more likely to be somebody that knew Asia a degree personally that lured her out of the house. That's just, that's just my opinion. Yeah, for my final thoughts, I, I don't know. It's been 19 years. It's hard to say. I mean, you know, hope above all hopes that, that she's alive and she'll come back home one day. But then that leads to questions that I don't even like thinking about. You know, where, where has she been? What might have been, you know, the conditions she was in? Stuff I don't want to, you know, like I say, I, I don't know how the family the family can uh, deal with it daily. I know it it probably drive me insane. All right, when it comes to me, um, like I've, I've said some things. It, like I said, I'm not an expert. I'm not pretending to be one. I'm just, I can go by what Donnie tells me. I know very, very, very little about, you know, what happened um, when it comes to the investigation and, uh, and really the process. Um, I can just say that there's only at least three people who know what happened to her, uh, that'd be H herself, God, and then whoever was involved. And if, if it was foul play, I don't know how they live. I don't know how they sleep. I don't know how they can take a breath knowing that uh, they had something to do with it. Um, if it wasn't, she's still out there. Um, there's a reason. Nobody knows but her. Uh, hopefully, she's... Happy, healthy, if she is. As a dad, I don't know which which uh, scenario would be better in my mind. Knowing that your daughter's alive and don't want to come home, or that she's not and she ain't gonna come home anyway. It's a it's a sad deal. Only thing I can say is that um, she, she did go to church, so um, at least she isn't alone, no matter what scenario. And uh, I feel for the parents, and I feel for the family, and uh, hopefully. Uh, more stuff comes out and uh, it gets resolved one way or the other and yeah I learned a lot of new things today well just a final follow up on this I've heard Aisha's mother Aquila say before I don't know the exact I'm not going to quote her it's just verbatim from what she said but uh, Aisha's mother I've heard her say that if God has Aisha's soul then he hasn't told her so that's keeping her hope alive that Aisha's still out there somewhere and hoping she'll come home. We just wanted to do this podcast, like I said, to keep Aisha's story alive. Uh, it's the anniversary of her disappearance on February the 14th of this year. We want everybody to, to share this podcast, to like, subscribe, 
give us a rating, give us a review, whatever uh, podcast app you listen to us on. Give us a, a thumbs up or whatever review they offer. I want to thank Chris and Bill for enduring through this. This was podcast was my brainchild, and uh, I appreciate these guys weighing in on this this podcast today. And guys, as you can tell, you know we we didn't agree on everything, uh, and and just like y'all want, y'all will either you know think one way or the other. So if if you leave me comments, don't attack each other or really us because. It's just all opinions, because that's all we have to go by is opinions and theories. You know, we we can guess and guess and guess, but like I said, we don't know what happened. So, be nice, please. Just just be nice to one another and and like to us. I mean, we're not trying to throw any kind of blame on anybody here. We we're just openly discussing this. Exactly. All right, guys, we're out of here. Like, share, subscribe. Tell all your friends about us. This is The Crack House Chronicles.